Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Third round of the RBC Heritage, Hilton Hyatt Island, South Carolina. Oh, the weather looks great. I I was there once. Uh, My mother and father-in-law... Uh, lived in Savannah, Georgia. My my father-in-law had a job down there, and we we took a trip up to Hilton Head during the Heritage. This is a number of years ago, and it's it's really a cool setting. Harbor Town and, and the the yachts and the lighthouse. It, it was it was pretty neat. We were actually in there um, the weekend before the tournament started. And we're there for a couple of days early in tournament week. And then we got out of there before the crowds built up for, for the event Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, it is a great setting out there on, on Hilton Head. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, your leader at 14 under par. Patrick Cantlay, one back. Jordan Speed finished at 12 under par. Uh, Taylor Moore, Mark Hubbard. Uh, in a big group at 11 under par, Tommy Fleetwood, Jimmy Walker. You've heard of Scotty Scheffler. Uh, he is right now looking at birdie on 18 as the third round uh, winds down at the RBC Heritage. And you're wondering, a week after the Masters great field, it is one of those elevated events with a much bigger purse. So it, it attracted a lot of big names this week uh, to Hilton Head Island. Uh, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs get started. The Wild will take on the Dallas Stars, and he covers the Wild all season long. Dane Mizutani from the Pioneer Press, good enough to join us. Uh, Dane, how you doing these days? Uh, we're staying busy, Steve, staying busy. Yeah, for sure, and they, they get going. It'll be the Wild and the Stars in the opening round. Uh, one of the complaints, the late games, not much you can do. Uh, TV, the league, they dictate that. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Uh, games one through three are going to be an eight thirty puck drop. That's listed. It'll probably end up being more like eight fifty. Yeah. So uh, pour your coffee, um, get ready, um, and yeah, one one through three, it's kind of tough. But like you said, can't do anything about it. And I think if the alternative is staying home and missing the playoffs, uh, I think Wild fans will take you know a few late nights early on. Yeah, and it, quite a year for the Wild, and we, we've talked from time to time, and we certainly do appreciate your time. I know you join Henry Lake here on News Talk, K3OWCCO, and it was a year where it was like they came out of the gate, they were terrible, 
there are a lot of Wild fans in full-fledged panic mode. They give up 20 goals in the first three games. It was just ridiculous how bad they looked early, but they righted the ship. And I, I, I think that the guy who maybe started the turnaround for the club uh, was the goaltender that was going to be the backup to Marc-Andre Fleury. Philip Gustafson, uh, in, in my opinion, is a big reason where the Wild are at today uh the number three seed in the division taking on the dallas stars yeah no doubt about it and um i actually wrote about this for sunday's paper so it'll be out in print tomorrow i think it's up online already um but yeah this is a guy who who, he was brought in bill Guerin said to be a project player uh owner craig leifold said to be the the backup to to mark andre fleury um kind of an unquestioned backup um, so when the Wild made that trade this past offseason, um, the sole purpose of, of that trade was to get Cam Talbot out of town. Um, he made it pretty clear when the Wild re-signed Marc-Andre Fleury that, that he had no interest in splitting the net 50-50. Um, Cam Talbot was kind of still miffed by the decision to start Fleury in game one and kind of ride him um, last playoffs. Um, so when the Wild traded for Philip Gustafson, it was, let's get Cam Talbot out of town. Let's get someone uh, who can be the backup. Um, and he's been anything but this season. Um, he's got numbers that are, are near the top of the list, um, whatever metric you want to look at as far as how you measure a goaltender. Um, Philip Gustafson is right there. So um, what he's done with this team so far this this year is is pretty impressive. And when you look at kind of uh, you know the decision that has to be made still, um, they certainly haven't announced who, who's going to be their starting goaltender, um, but at this point I'd be pretty surprised if it wasn't Philip Gustafson. And that's saying something because Mark andre Fleury has won three Stanley Cups. Um, he's been there, done that, um, but Gustafson has earned that role um, this year, um, and, and I think that's he's going to get the nod for game one. At the Wild in a good spot, and if he stays hot and continues to play well, you, you would assume they'd ride the hot hand, but if it doesn't go maybe his way or he struggles a bit in game one, you can always go back to the Hall of Famer and Marc-Andre Fleury, so it, it would be a good spot for the club to be in. Exactly, and I, I think that's another reason um, you start Gustafson. Um, not only has he earned it, um, he certainly has this year, he's, he's been great, um, but if you want an injection of life in the middle of a series when you really need it, what better player than Marc-Andre Fleury? So the Wild are in a good spot. I think if they want to go on a long playoff run, um, you know, they're going to need both guys. Um, some teams have you know, the, the, the guy they ride for, for the duration of the playoffs. Uh, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, when they win Stanley Cups, and they've won two of them in the past three years, um, they ride Andre Vasilevsky the entire time. Um, the Wild, if, if they're going to go on a long run, it's going to take both of these guys. Um, and, and luckily for them, they have two really good goaltenders. Injuries have been a concern. They, they get Kirill Kaprizov back. That's huge before the end of the regular season. He's able to get his skates under him and get some game action. So he is ready to go. But uh, they're still concerned about another key guy in Jewel Eriksson Eck. Yeah, Jewel Eriksson Eck, um, it was April 6th. Um, he decided to, because he is a fearless player and, and this is how he plays the game, um, decided to stand right in front of a Evgeny Malkin slap shot, took it right off the leg, um, you know, right above the skate where there's no protection, um, and suffered a lower body injury. Team listed him as week to week the following day. 
and come to practice today, we learned that Betul Erickson is skating on his own already. So nine days removed from taking a puck into the leg, um, something that probably knocks me and you out, Steve, for a year. Um, this guy's out there. He's skating, um, and he's not going to play in game one. Uh, he's not going to play in game two. I, I, I'd be pretty surprised. Um, but the fact that he's already out on his skates, um, I think that bodes well for him being available at some point in the first round. Um, while they're certainly going to obviously be careful with him, be cautious with him, um, but the fact that he's already back out skating, um, I think is um, a little bit quicker of a timeline than really anyone expected when, when he went down. So wild take on the stars in this opening round. There's some people critical of this feeling that maybe the NHL should go the way of the NBA and, and seed the conferences one through eight and, and have that situation. Because simple fact of the matter is, the Wilder familiar with the stars, uh, and <laughs> familiarity breeds contempt, all of those sorts of things we've heard over the years. Um, so, so there really are no secrets going into this. It's not like a club they, they haven't seen a ton. I mean, they, they know all about the Dallas Stars going into it, and they split the season series. Yeah, for sure. Two, two and two, like you said. Um, each team has two wins. Each team has two losses. Um I, I do think that the NHL should probably go back to the traditional one through eight. Um, I think by the way it looks this year, though, like the wild might've just hooked Colorado if that happened. So it's, yeah. it's not like it, it made a huge difference this year, but I, I, I do agree. It's tough that every year, regardless of where you finish, if you don't win the central division, you have to play someone in the central division uh, in that two, three matchup. Uh, I don't think it's great for the league. I know what they're trying to do. I know they're trying to, build rivalries, but I think those rivalries just kind of happen organically, and if you try and force them, um, you know, you get people upset. But uh, the series as a whole, when you look at the Wild versus the Stars, um, I think it's going to be a good one because these teams are so familiar with each other. Um, And two just, you know, high-octane offenses, you know, two teams led by superstars, the Wild and and Kirill Kaprizov and you know, the, the Dallas Stars and Jason Robertson. Um, there's a lot to like in this series. Um, so, I, you know, I won't complain about the, the way the NHL seeds playoff matchups. Um, but I think at some point we've got to get back to the one through eight. And you, you've got the Colorado Avalanche. They'll get their playoff started on Tuesday against Seattle. And it's extraordinary to me. And the, the fact that once upon a time, whenever there was expansion, whatever the sport, those teams were terrible for years. You had the Vegas Golden Knights come out of the gate in year one, and they were ultra competitive. Um, and, and Seattle, not bad. It, it, this is still a young franchise, and, and here they are. They get a tough draw in Colorado. But it is extraordinary how they've set it up in hockey. These new clubs come into the league, and they're instantly competitive. Yeah, the, the the Golden Knights is kind of the gold standard, right? Yep. You make the Stanley Cup in your in your first year of existence. Um, the, the Kraken took a little bit different of an approach uh, with with general manager Ron Francis. Looked like they were kind of building for the future. I don't think anyone saw this type of rise coming. Um, frankly, I think some people in Seattle and, and and people that follow that team closely thought they'd be more involved in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes this year, um, tanking for the number one pick. Um, but they've had a ton of guys step up. 
Uh, Matty Beneers, he, you know, he's a number one center, legitimate number one center out of Michigan. Um, he's going to win the call there for rookie of the year. Um, Jared McCann's having a great year, but but you're right when you look at uh, how they've kind of designed the league now. Um, when a team comes in, when they pay that expansion fee, and Seattle's expansion fee was five hundred million dollars, split between thirty-one teams or the thirty other teams, um, there's a benefit, and, and and the team that pays that big fee gets a benefit, and and the benefit is um, if you want to be, if you if you pick the right players in the expansion draft. Uh, you get to be competitive right away. And, yep. and the Wild and then the Blue Jackets back in, in, in 2000 didn't get that, uh, you know, that opportunity. It took some took some time. Obviously, we, we saw with the Wild, they're running 02-03 all the way to the Western Conference Finals. But by and large, um, the Wild and, and the Blue Jackets have kind of, kind of been playing catch-up. Um, but that's just kind of the way the league goes. I think it's good for the league. I think expansion is good for the league. I know the owners like it because – uh, that money gets dispersed, uh, you know, amongst every team. Um, but yeah, watching what Seattle has done this year, um, I, I think is really impressive. Um, it's unfortunate they got to go up against the Cup champions in round one. One of the other storylines worth watching, and this will come in one of the early games on Monday. The Boston Bruins had an unbelievable regular season, and now can they uh, get out of the first round? Because the Florida Panthers are no slouch. Uh, this is a, a pretty tough draw for Boston. I know they had that great year, but I, I remember not that long ago, Tampa Bay had a regular season for the ages and got bounced in the first round. So I, I, I'm sure the, the, the Bruins are going to have their hands full uh, with, with Florida in this opening round series. Yeah, they'll have their hands full for sure. Um, Florida's a great team. That trade for Matthew Kachuk couldn't have worked out better for them. Um, he's kind of brought that that swagger down to Florida, and you know I think that market maybe suits him a little bit better than Calgary did. Um, but Boston's been so good this year, um, oh. and and so good is putting it lightly. Um, they've only lost twelve times, or in, I guess in regulation they only lost twelve times in regulation in the regular season. Um, I just don't know how a team's going to beat them four times in the playoffs. Uh, losing twelve times in regulation over the course of five six months. Um, and now we're expecting a team to beat them four times in regulation uh, over the course of a week, a week and a half. Um, it's going to be really hard to beat the Bruins this year. Um, I, I'm not sure it's Bruins or the field. Uh, I think the, the NHL playoffs kind of produces enough parity where the, the quote-unquote best team doesn't always win. Um, but the way that they're playing, if, if they continue to play with that defensive style and obviously getting offensive production from, from guys like David Pasternak and, and, and Brad Marchand and, you know, Charlie McAvoy on the blue line. Um, and then you have those two goalies and, and Linus Olmark and, and Jeremy Swayman. Um, I don't know how you beat that team. Um, and, 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 and people in the East are going to have a hard time and then their hands full trying to figure that out. Yeah, but a fair amount of pressure goes with that. You, you talk about that uh, losing 12 games in regulation during a regular season based on how good the goaltenders are to get to the NHL, you, you think 12, 15 times you just run into a hotter goalie that night. I mean, that's what's crazy about it. Yeah, the consistency and just their ability to do it every single night. Um, you would just assume, yeah, you're right, that you would just run into someone or you just wouldn't have it that night. That's yeah. why what they've done is so impressive. Um, I don't think we'll see another season like this for a really long time. 
Yeah, so that that that's certainly one that uh, stands out. Real quick, back to the Wild and Stars. Once again, they open in Dallas. First two in Dallas. They'll go Monday and Wednesday. Then St. Paul. No one cares with, about the late start on a Friday night. I, I know it makes it difficult on deadline for you. And then a week from Sunday, game four of the series in St. Paul. That's a reasonable start time. Anybody can deal with 5.30 on a Sunday evening. That's great. Yeah, I think people are going to have some fun with that. I think, uh, well, I think Friday night, if you're looking at it from a wild perspective, Friday night at eight thirty, not bad. Um, people are going to get uh, oh, pretty sure. tuned up on on West Seventh, and I'm sure the, the arena will be louder than an average random weekday in the middle of the week of the regular season. And then Sunday, uh, you can just enjoy the day, go out there at five thirty, watch a puck drop. So. Uh, it would be worse in a lot of ways. Um, you'd rather have home ice advantage, but Dallas getting home ice advantage with two 8.30 starts on a Monday and a Wednesday, um, maybe you'd prefer the Friday-Sunday kind of slot like the Wild have right now at least to open the series. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a good reward for the fans. And, you know, the, the final thought, Dane, you know, for, for this organization, big picture, a lot of these guys haven't been around. Bill Guerin. Uh, has hasn't been on the job all that long, Dean Evison, uh, the the players, but you know the wild playoff history. Getting out of the first round is a big deal for the club, for the franchise, and for the fans, and that that that's the storyline as well going into this series. For sure, yeah, I think everyone on the team. I mean, you don't play the game, you don't put on the jersey if you don't want to win the Stanley Cup, um, but everyone in that locker room understands. Uh, getting out of the first round would be a huge win. Um, haven't done that since fourteen fifteen. Um, and, and you make the playoffs. It, it's actually impressive that the Wild haven't got out of the first round. I've covered the team for six and a half. This is my seventh year, yep. and they made the playoffs six times, and, and they haven't made the. They got out of the first round once. So they're consistent. They always get there, um, but they can't seem to get it done when when the playoffs roll around. Um, and I know this group. Um, really, really wants to change that. Um, that was kind of the tenor we got today at practice. Um, they're not looking too far ahead, but they, they definitely want um, to kind of exercise, exercise those demons from the past and um, you know, push forward into the second round. Uh, he is Dane Mizutani joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. You can read his work in the Pioneer Press online at Twin Cities. Dot com And, of course, that story that's posted about uh, goaltender Philip Gustafson. Dane, great to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Steve. Anytime. All right. There he is, Dane Mizutani, joining us here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Wild and Stars open it up Monday night, Stanley Cup playoffs. Foregone conclusion, the Wild were going to get in. There was no end of the regular season drama. Jewel Erickson X injury. Didn't help. Kirill Kaprizov is back. A bit of a goaltending controversy. The conventional wisdom is Philip Gustafson gets the start in game one on Monday night in Dallas. Drop of the puck after 8.30. We'll just leave it at that. After 8.30 sometime on Monday night. And I brought this up with Dane. And there there is some truth to this. You know, the the long playoff futility. Yes, the Wild have been to the playoffs, but haven't gone in a deep playoff run. They went all the way to the Western Conference Finals and ran into J.S. Jaguar and the Ducks and the oversized pads 
all those years ago. But but they haven't been able to get on a roll in the playoff sense. They've had good teams. Uh, it just hasn't gone their way. But now will it go their way? And and that is the thing. It's a year-to-year league. The players change. Coaching has changed. Management has changed. And can they get out of the first round? I think it's a very even matchup. Flip a coin. Josh Wheeler is our producer. I don't know how you feel. But when you get to the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, there's so many intangibles. It's not like the NBA where you can point to matchups or or the the NFL or MLB. I, I think the NHL playoffs and who ultimately is holding the Stanley Cup, there's just so many things that have to do with puck luck, hot goaltending, uh, a good bounce here and there is is a big part of it. And it makes the Stanley Cup playoffs intriguing. Well, and I, it's funny you say that because I was just talking to uh, Pete and Dave on Sunday with them because uh, we were fresh off of the Gophers loss and that heartbreaker. And I was talking to them right. about, I think, honestly, because the question that they posed was, when did you realize Minnesota sports was cursed? And honestly, there's so many, there's a million answers that we as Minnesota fans can you know come up with. And one of the notable ones as far as hockey goes that I brought up was, you have this great hockey player. You might have heard of him. His name is Patrick Kane. Uh, yeah. The, the the whole stanchion deal with the 2014 game in Game 6 at the XL Energy Center, it doesn't get more puck luck than that. And I think <laughs> the sad part is, is that was one of those seasons with the Wild where I thought, man, this team made it through seven games with first seed Colorado. We made it you know, all the way to Game 6 with Chicago. I'm like, man, this might be our year where we're, we're – putting up with the best of the best and honestly to have it end the way that that season did yeah. end that's the closest I've ever you know felt in my heart that this team was going to be to making a deep run in the playoffs and honestly I, I would love to I think a lot of people would love to see it go that way as well and you're right it comes down to just one small mistake or even just a, a just by happenstance having the puck land where you needed to to take advantage of it and I think uh wild have done that this year. And earlier you even talked about, uh, I guess, the, the Kevin Fiala situation as far as him not performing last year and just all the drama that went into the, uh, the the season last year with you know making games really close at the end and barely escaping with wins where you didn't really have a whole lot of that this year. You did have a lot of OT. Like you had a stretch of overtime wins this season, but for the most part there hasn't been as much need for drama to solidif- uh, solidify a win this year for this club. And I think that's why... A lot of people are saying, you know, this team could have taken down last year's team because there's just more, there's more well-rounded play by everybody on, you know, from the top down with this wild squad, you know, barring any injuries, of course. But I think this is definitely more of the well-run, uh, well-rounded uh, wild teams that we've had since maybe even that 2014 or even 2015 team. And I think that's why there's a lot of reason for optimism, at least for me, going into this uh, playoff run. Great goaltending. Have to have that. Gustafson, does he start game one? And then uh, beyond that, you have Marc-Andre Fleury potentially backing up. We'll see how it plays out ultimately on Monday night. You have elite goal scoring in Kirill Kaprizov, and then a game plan where where they're going to try to shut teams down and had a style. And I think there was something written in one of the papers, maybe saw it online. Can't remember who came up with it, but I really agree with this point in the lead-up to this playoff series, that that the Wild have decided 
who they are, how they're going to play, and now is that good enough to get beyond round one and take down uh, the Dallas Stars? We'll find out starting on Monday night, game one of that series. that go Monday, Wednesday in Dallas after 8.30, Friday night in St. Paul after 8.30, and then a week from Sunday at 5.30. When we come back, we'll talk Twins and Timberwolves. Twins got beat by the Yankees 6-1. to one. A lot of controversy about Domingo Herman, the Yankees starter. Should he have been thrown out of the game for uh, too much rosin on his pitching hand? Ultimately, Rocco Baldelli was thrown out of the game. Tyler Malley didn't have it. We'll get into all of that coming up. Have another rundown of the NBA playoff scoreboard. Check out the leaderboard at the RBC Heritage. All before we say goodbye at 6 here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It was Jackie Robinson Day in the big leagues today, and the Twins fall in the Bronx to the New York Yankees today. Uh, the final was 6-1. to one. Controversy in this game today. Uh, number one, Tyler Malley didn't pitch particularly well. Wasn't able to get out of the fifth inning. Goes four and a third. Takes the loss. He's now one and two. His ERA, 4.11. Domingo Herman got the win. One and one. Struck out 11 twins in the ballgame today. But ran a foul of the umpires. Uh, they checked his pitching hand. And there was controversy. Uh, apparently he had been using rosin between the innings. Uh, the umpire first asked him to clean his hand and then was checked again but was allowed to continue in the game. And that uh, got Rocco Baldelli, the Twins manager, fired up. And he thinks Herman should have been removed from the game. He talked post game. That's, I mean, that's the only question. That's the only Point that I'm raising. I again, I, I'm. I don't want to go into just talking on and on about this because I think it's just clear that it's um, uh, simply the fact that there was a, a point raised. Their their pitcher was asked to do something. He, you know, pertaining to uh, a rule that's been a very, you know, it's been a focal point of a lot of discussion, and he failed to do what he was asked to do, and. Um, you know, rid himself of something that, that he was carrying on his hand. That's all. And uh, when he returned, and it was still on there partially, you know, and, and on part of his hand, um, I didn't think there was really any question that, the, you know, he should be removed from the game, and, and that's it. 
So there he is, manager Rocco Baldelli. He was ultimately ejected uh, for arguing with the umpires in that situation. Now, just before Chris Atterbury signed off on the postgame download, he did have audio from the umpire. There's a pool reporter, I believe, that sat down with the umpire. The audio was made available uh, to the Treasure Island Baseball Network, and we played it on our air, and he basically explained the entire situation. So Rocco Baldelli upset, and and I think Rocco Baldelli made a great point there saying he was asked to do something and didn't do it, and at that point should have been removed from the game. Now the umpire in the postgame show, and we we don't have that audio at the moment, but if you were listening to the post came download, you heard it. He said it was determined by the home plate umpire and then ultimately the entire umpiring crew that the substance on his hand didn't constitute an unfair advantage. And I'm paraphrasing here. Nevertheless, Twins didn't have it today. Uh, we talked about Tyler Malley. Uh, He goes four and a third. First twin starter not to make it through five innings this year. New York wins at six to one. Twins manage a run on five hits in the ball game today. They'll try and take the series tomorrow. And the pitching matchup is a dandy in New York. Coverage begins at 10 a.m. The Huddle, Pete Najeri and Dave Schwartz at 11.30 inside Twins. Uh, it'll be uh, Corey Provis hosting there. And then at noon, the pregame lineup card, Chris Atterbury. And I'm sure there'll be more on this topic uh, tomorrow on Inside Twins and ultimately on the lineup card. First pitch at 1235. And what a matchup. Garrett Cole for New York. Pablo Lopez for Minnesota. First pitch scheduled at 1235 Central Time. And then uh, the Twins uh, continue uh, they will leave New York. Uh, by the way, the Yankees coming up on a homestand uh, here in April at Target Field. After New York, the Twins will take on the Red Sox on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at Fenway Park. Uh, those those games, Tuesday and Wednesday, are 6-10 first pitch pregame at 5-30 with the lineup card. And then a getaway day on Thursday with a pregame show at noon, first pitch at 12.35. Twins return home, and on that next long homestand, uh, the Nats, the Yankees, and the Royals, and that homestand will run from April 21st uh, next Friday and continue through the end of the month with the Kansas City Royals. So uh, the Nats, the Yanks, and the Royals all in a target field uh, from the 21st through of the 30th. Twins 10 and 5 after the loss today. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll check the NBA scoreboard. Uh, the leaderboard at the RBC Heritage. A lot of big names at the top with 18 to play tomorrow at Hilton Head. That's all coming up here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. RBC Heritage PGA Tour the week after the Masters. And here we go. Uh, one, one of my favorite PGA Tour spots, only because I've been there and I've seen the course. I haven't played the course, but uh, visiting my mother and father-in-law years ago, I told this story earlier. Uh, he had a job in Savannah, Georgia, and it wasn't a long trip up to Hilton Head. And we were there 
right before the start of of the tournament. We were there the weekend before players were coming into town, et cetera, and then practice rounds Monday, et cetera. Well, anyway, really a great setting out there in Hilton Head. Beautiful. The weather looks good and great leaderboard. It's one of those elevated events on the PGA Tour with a larger purse. Matt Fitzpatrick, your leader, 1,400 power. Patrick Cantlay, one back. Jordan Spieth, all alone, two off the lead. Taylor Moore, Mark Hubbard, Tommy Fleetwood, Jimmy Walker, Scotty Scheffler, all at 11 under par. And then another big group at minus 10, including Xander Shoffley, Ricky Fowler, uh, Matt Kuchar, popular player, so a great leaderboard at the RBC Heritage Final Round tomorrow on CBS. NBA playoffs get started today, and two games already in the books on this first day of the NBA playoffs. And a couple of uh, comfortable wins. Philadelphia beat Brooklyn 121-100 to in the opener. Boston led Atlanta by 30 at the half. Uh, no problem in a 112-99 victory. I, I think that final score was, was a little closer than that game was. So uh, Philly and Boston already up one game to none in their first-round series. New York leading Cleveland 40-33 to midway through quarter number two in Cleveland. And then tonight, first game out west between Golden State at Sacramento. And that is a 7.30 start. Other first-round games coming up tomorrow. The early game at 2 our time, L.A. and Memphis. And then at 4.30 our time, Miami at Milwaukee. The Bucks, the number one seed. Tomorrow night at 7, the L.A. Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. And then in the nightcap, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets from Denver. Our coverage tomorrow night at 8. We'll have kind of a pregame to the pregame, set the stage, review the season, take a look back at the first two play-in games, the loss to the Lakers, and the win over the Thunder. And then we'll get you ready for Cal in the pregame show at 9. Alan Horton with the play-by-play after 9.30 tomorrow night. It'll be the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. Game one in that series. First two games in Denver, then the next two come back to Target Center in Minneapolis, and they will be late starts in this series with game one Sunday night, game two in Denver late on Wednesday night before they return to Target Center. And I'm really looking forward to that series. We had Kevin Lynch from Ballet Sports North on. He was optimistic. He feels like he, even though the Timberwolves go in as the number eight seed, he, he feels like they have a shot against the Denver Nuggets, that this is a favorable first-round matchup. I don't know about you, Josh, but I like Kevin's optimism going into this first-round series. I mean, and that's kind of the attitude you got to have right now. Yeah, Obviously, sure. last week, nobody, I don't think a lot of people were feeling the optimism with just how things were trending for this Wolves squad. But oh. now that you've kind of seen what you have and what's in front of you with, you know, the injuries that unfolded, the drama that unfolded. Now you can kind of put that behind you and just kind of work with what you got. And I think uh, the Wolves have kind of found that identity now heading into pretty much what is a fresh new page of this series versus Denver. And I think that, you know, the matchup's going to be a lot closer than, you know, some of these so-called experts are expecting it to be. I think it'll be 
a fun matchup. You have uh, Kevin, uh, you have Mike Conley uh, going up against uh, a very young uh, uh, point guard, blanking on the name right now. I just uh, Jamal Murray uh, is the name I was looking for, and uh, you have just Nikolai Jokic versus essentially Cat. It's going to be a battle of, of players in the paint, I think, when it comes to that. Uh, between well, I those think two. Rudy Gobert is going to be a part of that as well. Yeah, yeah, the blocking is going to be key. The Timberwolves at least have the size to deal with that. Yeah, and it, it'll be very interesting to see how Anthony Edwards responds to the big stage. And he's still a kid, and getting another taste of the playoffs. Look forward to it. And, by the way, huge sports day tomorrow, and I want to make sure we get this in. Real quick, huddle. Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian, between 10 and 1130. Inside Twins at 1130. Lineup card at noon. First pitch from Yankees Stadium. It'll be Pablo Lopez against Garrett Cole at 1235. And then we'll have Timberwolves coverage starting at 8 on Sunday night. So a big, big sports day. Don't forget winter weather advisory. Uh, two to four on the way to the cities tomorrow. We'll keep you up to date here on CCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.